2: But, so maybe I yeah. should say, should I get a condom, and can we use it for sexual intercourse? <laughs> <laughs> That's such a to hear you
1: say it, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Welcome to Sex Talk with my mom. I'm Cam Poder,
0: and I'm Karen Lee Poder,
2: and this is the ultimate podcast about the birds and the bees with a sex expert cougar mother
0: and her stand-up comic son.
2: Today, we have Alyssa on the show to tell us all about relationships and sexual violence. This this is a more emotional and serious episode because of the topic. Um,
0: yeah, and, and the thing is, we actually covered suicide.
2: Yeah, we even get into suicide. I mean, it's it, it's heart-wrenching.
0: It's, but it, it was necessary. After we had people on... You know, college people like James who were talking about, uh, you know, how he was just uh, raw and getting some and all that kind of stuff. Now we got the the I don't know if I'd say the opposite, but we've got someone who takes uh, sex and aggression more seriously.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I think this is a growing problem on school campuses and in 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 general. Um,
0: Apparently, she said it's 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 all over the world.
2: And uh, I, I think that if I were in college, even now, I, I, I would be uh, resistant or hesitant to listen to a, a podcast episode all about sexual violence because it doesn't, it doesn't seem at first glance to really affect me. Right. Um, but if you really, if you, if you think about it, I, mean, I was very affected by, by going through this interview with her right. and, and realizing that it is a much, I, the onus is on me to be vigilant and to be aware that this violence is occurring and that I am responsible for taking care of men and women, women and men.
0: Good for you. I raised you right, son. Yeah, it it, it
2: is more, it's, it's uh, more on me than I I give it enough, uh, enough thought.
0: I think it's, and it's not just colleges either. I think that's everywhere. Even when, like I said, I have a lot of friends who are single again And uh, I go out with them and it's it's my responsibility also to make sure that they're safe and they should make sure I'm safe. We should have each other's back and it it shouldn't just be women to women. It should be, like you said, anybody.
2: Men protecting women, women protecting men. Everyone's protecting everyone.
0: Yeah, it's a good society.
2: It's a good society. So I hope you enjoy this episode.
0: Yeah, I don't even think we should give any more uh, spoiler alerts away, but I got to tell you, she's a brilliant girl and she knows a lot about the subject and she's funny too.
2: Yeah. And, if you enjoy our podcast and you're a fan of sex talk with my mom. Kind of,
0: that's a, that's not a confident statement. We know that you enjoy our podcast. So <laughs> if you want us to continue, you better put your money where your mouth is and write a review.
2: <laughs> also sign up for our newsletter to get exclusive content and you can now go to our forum on our blog, on our website, www.sextalkwithmymom.com and l- follow along as we all go through a 21-day masturbation challenge.
0: Oh, gosh, yes.
2: By the time this is released, we'll have been do- I will have masturbated for seven days straight, hopefully without having ejaculated.
0: Yeah, I think he is having a rough time. I can tell. I think, I think this is not going to be an easy task for you
2: all right well the, <laughs> where's That's the confidence point. on that one mom where's where's where's, where's the confidence,
0: where's the confidence <laughs> i on got more confidence that people like the podcast <laughs> that said that you're gonna make it through this challenge oh i'm making it through you know what they say what do they... let me tell you about the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees <laughs> <laughs> stay tuned
2: let us begin Alyssa, welcome to the show
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, this is via via Skype in
1: London. Very cool place to be.
2: Yeah, it's all right. I like it. So what are you doing out in London?
1: Um, So I'm doing my master's right now, and I work for an international women's organization. Um, I came here for a four-month internship with a children's charity, um, and then decided I loved it here and wanted to stay. So... What I'll is be this? here until they deport me in January.
2: Oh, very <laughs> nice. What is, so what are you studying in school?
1: Uh, so my master's is in human rights. So I focus on um, women's rights and then also um, terrorism stuff. So like ISIS, and I focus on women in ISIS and why they join. Um, oh, wow. That's yeah. pretty interesting. Wow. Why
0: do they join?
1: Uh, it's a long answer. There, uh, there's no... Like, <laughs> Well, there's not one particular answer. There's lots of uh, answers behind it, but, uh,
2: but okay. Well, then, so what is the the women's organization that you work for? What are their main focuses?
1: Um, so basically, we focus on research, um, advocacy, and then also programs. So we have a program in northern Uganda that works with um, maternal health. Um, so providing safe birthing kits to mothers there, um, so they can um give birth safely Um, and then I do the research side so I do communications and research so I manage a team of like um, staff writers who you know pinpoint different human rights issues regarding women um, and then they write reports on them so that's kind of what I do. Um, So cool.
2: Yeah that is really cool.
1: My life is so boring.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And, And you emailed us saying you guys should talk about relationships and sexual violence because it's a topic that we've yet to discuss and it's a topic very important to discuss. And then you gave me a wild statistic which is like one in four uh women in college experience sexual violence. Sexual yeah, violence. one in four
1: in college and then one in three in general life. Wow. And what what
2: def- how do you define sexual violence?
1: Um it depends like me personally um you know, unwanted touching, sexual harassment can also kind of sexual violence. Um, it depends like where you look for the statistic, like what they look at and you kind of have to look at like, do they look, you know, do they look at just rape? Do they look at, um, unwanted touching? Do they look at digital penetration? Do they look at, you know, like groping as someone passes you by? Do they look at catcalling? Like it can be a wide variety of different things, um, so it's, it's important you like look at those statistics to see like where are they getting that number from. Mm-hmm.
2: And where you worked at um, an organization that focused on sexual violence, correct?
1: Yeah, when I was in college, I worked for um, like a relationship and sexual violence prevention center at the university. Um, so I did like education and outreach. Um, so going to different like groups on campus and in the community and speaking at conferences about like different topics relating to sexual violence. And do you think it's, getting worse is what i'm curious about do i think it's getting worse um also those statistics relate to reporting of rape and sexual violence so a lot of these issues are underreported. so it's really hard to tell you know what is actually occurring um Mm. because a lot of people aren't necessarily speaking out about what's going on um so it's actually been estimated that those statistics are much higher that many more women are experiencing sexual violence um Do I think it's getting worse? It's hard to tell for that reason. I think there's um, a culture of masculinity that is getting deeper ingrained into society, um, that is continuing the sexual violence. um, And that's what I think is definitely getting worse. And we can say that that's getting worse. Hmm. Is that predominantly in the United States or all throughout the world? Um, I think throughout the world. Wow. I can see the United States in particular, but um, different cultures have different, Um, ways of viewing masculinity and ways of viewing sexual violence and what's appropriate touching and what's not appropriate touching. Um, So it varies.
0: I was thinking when you said that, well, I remember going to Greece back years ago and some guy grabbed my ass um, just walking down the street and that's pretty customary over there. I don't even know if they consider that harassment. They just consider it something that they do. Like
1: winking. It's like very much a thing. Like when I I lived in Spain for a year um, and when I was living there, um, the men were super grabby and super forward. Um, and it was just a thing just to, you know, touch a girl. You, you see, you like, you touch, like, mm-hmm. you know, go for it. Um, and it was very hard for them to take no for an answer. Like they didn't want to hear no, because that's something that they, you know, they, they don't get told no, they, they see it, yeah. like it, they, like yeah. it, they see it. Um, you know,
0: I just realized I, I, I consider myself to be one of the victims of, of, uh, sexual harassment, back when I was a kid. I didn't even think up until now. I'm like, Oh, I don't. Qualify. But I was because I remember being on uh, some sort of a, a bus or a subway when I was, I'm talking a teenager and I was with my family in Europe trying to think of where we were. And literally some guy grabbed my vagina area when I was, I, I was out, like holding onto the rail. I couldn't even say anything. I didn't say a word until we got off of that. And I was mortified to even tell my parents what had happened, but I did tell them and my dad's like, where is it? I'm going to run after him. But I was like, you know, I didn't know what to do at the time, and at the time I was so young that I didn't know. I like, should should I shout? Should I hit the guy? Should I do something? I just kind of like allowed that to happen, and then we got off the the bus, and, and that was it.
2: So, Holy shit. yeah,
0: wow. I didn't, I just realized that I'm just like, oh my god. I just realized. Yeah, it about-
1: doesn't occur to you until you're able to like process it later. Yeah, like,
0: just now while we're on this podcast.
1: I remember when I was living in Spain. I was like at a nightclub one night. I was wearing like a shortish skirt. Um and I was walking and all of a sudden I felt fingers up my yeah. skirt and inside me and I was drinking. And so I didn't really have the like reaction time that I would have had, you know, whip around and punch him in the face. Yeah. I would have. And so I remember like taking a second and going, what's, oh, 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 before I whipped around and then all of a sudden whoever it was was gone into the crowd I didn't even get a chance to see what kind of freak is they
0: actually stuck their fingers up you while you're on the dance floor
1: Man. yeah and I was, you know trying to chill and enjoy my wine and like oops accidental finger like uh, but yeah I, and it wasn't till you know a few months later that I was thinking about it and I was like you know what like that was like borderline sexual violence like yeah. may not. It has sexual violence, but like unwanted touching. Didn't want it. Didn't ask for it. Don't even know what he looked like. Who he was. Could have been a yeah. girl. No. Could have been anyone.
2: Wow. Yeah, that's true. So, so you you said it could have been a guy. It could have been a girl. Does 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 this problem? I, I mean, it seems obvious that this would mainly be a um, male to female uh, related issue. But does it? Is it ever male to male or female to male?
1: Definitely, and I think that's like a really important thing to touch on, like especially as I carry on talking about this topic. Is like usually I'll use like female-dominated language when I talk about sexual violence because more times than not, it is the female as the victim or the survivor, as some people like to use that term. Um, but it it often is male on male, and more so than we think, or or female on male, more so than we think because um, you know, especially. Going back to that, like masculinity, um, it becomes emasculine to report something like that. If you're mm. if you're the man who's been the victim of rape um, or sexual violence in any capacity, it's extremely underreported. Um, so yeah, it does it does occur all the time.
2: You know, it's 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 interesting to hear that you think that it might be growing because masculinity is getting more ingrained. Because for me, it feels like. It, especially with this podcast, you can tell that I'm it, I, I kind of represent a, a very feminine male or, or like a, a less masculine. You know, I don't have a lot of machismo, uh, which I think <laughs> is a growing trend among some uh, among my friends at least that we're kind of yeah. uh, throwing away. But I I can see that this is not at all like the majority the majority of men out there. But it it does seem to be a little bit of progress away from, uh, and, and I'd, I'd say the feminist movement is a bit yeah, is representative of of a, a growing a, a stronger female voice in a less macho dominated society. Yeah,
1: right. definitely. There have been a ton of positive changes in that regard, in that like now it's acceptable for a female to be, you know, the head, head of the household, the breadwinner and that kind of thing. Um, I think the thing that is ingrained is like, the, I don't know, I don't know how to explain this, like the, that men may be clinging on to that idea that they are the breadwinner, they should be the breadwinner, mm-hmm. um, and letting go of that, like, if they are in a situation where the wife makes more, or the partner makes more, um, letting go of that kind of um, dominance. Hmm. Um, and that kind of thing is what's being repeated. And you see, like, you are seeing less traditional families and less traditional family values nowadays. So, yeah, but I you know, I think
0: that uh, that causes – that might be part of the problem because I think it's a blurring of role lines and gender roles, so it causes uh, more, maybe more men to be
2: angry. Mm. So that was something I was going to ask you. Do you have any idea of what – because for me, it seems like this would be outrageous for me to even – to see a girl and be like, oh, I'm going to put my fingers in her skirt. <laughs> That is so ridiculous. I I Not a
0: cam thing, that's for sure. Has so that
1: ever worked? Has a girl ever turned around and been like, yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah. stick it up higher. Yeah. I want some more of that.
2: Like, yeah, like even if a girl were like, yeah, put your fingers in there, I'd still be like, I don't know. Uh, let's just talk about it first. Let's like get to
0: know. But so, you know what? If you think about it, that's true, though, that, that guys have been sending more and more with texting and everything. Dick pics. Those are like, uh, is that considered harassment? I think it is. I don't need to see that shit.
1: I get that on a daily basis in my inbox. I do no, not need to see dick pics. If it's wanted or if it's not wanted. I mean, I don't want dick pics flying
2: through my inbox. Can, <laughs> I, can I say that uh, this, this podcast has led me to receive my first dick pics through our email? I don't know if you're aware, Mom, but our fucking email is blown up with dick pics that I don't need to fucking see.
0: I, I'm very aware of it because this is how I usually wake up Monday morning to have a nice dick pic. And I black those little asses. I
2: mean, so so. Do you have an idea of what usually causes men to feel the need to do this? Because it seems very foreign to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, it again. It comes back to this like masculinity and these power things that are at play. Like, there's always going to be a dominance between male and females. It's always going to be like men trying to prove, not necessarily like consciously, but reinforcing that masculinity, like, oh, I can touch a vagina. Mm -hmm. I don't understand the, like, just sticking a finger up a vagina as you walk by. Like that to me is so foreign that I, I don't even know, but it's so systematic and that I don't. I don't know. I I, I, I can't it, understand. I think it's more
0: of uh, verbal type uh, uh, superiority kind of attitude that I don't like, and I, and I think it's always been there. But it, I I see that a lot. Like you know, oh she's a female, or she does this, or she does that, and that's typical female. I mean, and I get that sometimes with my own boyfriend. I hear him saying stuff like that, and I'm like, excuse me, shut the fuck up. But,
1: <laughs> but yeah. a, it's. It, I like to compare almost like this is a completely different, well, not a completely different scenario, but if you look at prison rape and why prison rape, male on male prison rape happens, mm-hmm. because there's, there's hierarchy in every, like every single aspect of the way that we live our lives. Like humans like to put things in order. Like uh, if we want to know your race, it's because we, we get to line you up in a hierarchy in our heads. We want to mm-hmm. know your age. We want to know how we stack up to you. If you look at male on male prison rape, It's all men. It's all men of a similar race, similar background. So there's not a lot of like power structure there. So a lot of the times prison rape occurs because men want to establish their dominance over someone they perceive to be weaker. Mm. Uh, And it's it's kind of a similar thing. It's not a conscious like, oh, I need to prove that this woman is below me. But it's a very like it's a subconscious.
2: That makes um, a lot
1: of sense. It's a subconscious kind of a, a way of establishing that hierarchy, if mm-hmm. that makes sense
2: yeah, totally, so I, I
1: think
0: it goes without saying that that rape is not a sexual act, it's an act of power and violence. I mean that's just something we should articulate in this conversation first of all what does yeah, that definitely.
2: what What do you mean by that? It seems very so sexual, I, considering
0: it's, it it's it's an act of violence, it's an act of power, it's not necessarily a sexual
1: act, even it's an act of yeah, putting someone else do sex. It doesn't have to do with sex.
2: I see. I see. Okay.
1: Especially when you talk about, like, the kind of rape that when we think of, like, rape or sexual assault, it's always the man in the window with the knife or the man jumping out from the bushes at night. But most rape that occurs is acquaintance rape. Um, Which is on you know, too. Yeah. Especially.
2: What do you mean by acquaintance rape?
1: So someone you know, someone that you trust, someone that you've engaged in conversation with. You're married, um, too. Possibly. Yeah, marital rape is a thing as well. Um, that kind of uh, dynamic, as opposed to the man in the bushes that jumps out and goes, ah! Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Even the man in the bushes that jumps out, from what I've always heard, is that that's not an act of sex as much as an act of violence. Yeah. Hmm. That would be an act of power. It's a way of, of, of power over another human being. So. Yeah. Have you um, never
2: heard that before? I haven't heard it discussed like that, and I—I I was my first thought was you saying it's driven not by a desire uh, to like get off sexually. It is driven by a desire to to be violent or to gain power over someone else. It, yeah, it, so,
1: but it, it's it's not necessarily a conscious desire. I think that's what's like hard to get, like to wrap our heads around is that it's not always like, I want to dominate this person. Mm. It's just, there's a sense of like, I think, especially when it comes to acquaintance rape, there's, there's just kind of like a sense of entitlement that comes with, you know, a woman accepts a drink from you at a bar and then you go home with her. And then, you know, you're like, Oh, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And then she goes, hold on, wait a minute. This isn't going to happen. Mm. I think oftentimes some men feel a sense of entitlement. Well, you shouldn't have accepted that, that drink from me. If you, if you didn't want to do it, you shouldn't have, you know, given me a blow job and then backed off and said, you didn't want it anymore. Mm -hmm. It's almost, you know, well, you shouldn't have. So it's going to happen.
2: So, um, I have a few different lines of thought right now. One is how, how did you get in interested in this? Uh, what made you want to start working for the, the organization in college and studying this?
1: Um, so when I was a, a freshman in college, I was like three weeks into my freshman year. Um, I lost one of my best friends, um, to suicide as a result of sexual assault. Mm. Um, and, I felt really powerless in that situation, and um, I felt a lot of guilt, and that I couldn't ha- I couldn't do anything. She was already gone. I couldn't go back and reverse it and have been there for her. Um, but of course, how could I have, because she didn't, she didn't tell me when she was alive that this was happening. Um, there wasn't no way for me to know, but. Alyssa, um, can
0: I interrupt and tell you that it, it's a horrible, horrible thing to go through? Cause I went through it with, in September with one of my friends uh, committing suicide. So I can relate to the pain and, and the feeling of powerlessness that you've had when your friend did that to herself. It's horrible.
1: Yeah, it's, it, it is like a, I don't know. It's, it's such a difficult thing because you're trying to like you know, compromise your your guilt with your powerlessness and your mourning and like your good memories of, you know, what the time with that person was. Um, and so I just felt like, oh, my God, what do I do? Like, I'm three weeks into my freshman year of college. Like, I'm trying to make friends. I'm trying to party. I'm trying to like meet cool people. I'm trying to get involved. And then all of a sudden this like thing is so horrible. Me. Um, and so I spent a lot of my freshman year like feeling useless, drinking all the time, you know. Uh, messing around with guys I shouldn't have messed around with, um, Mm. being in toxic friendships. And then when I was a sophomore in college, I was like, I was sick of it. I was sick of the partying. I was sick of the like making myself feel like crap all the time and waking up with a horrible hangover and just like making myself feel miserable. And I was like, I want to channel this into something positive Mm. if I can. And I was like, I can't bring her back. Like I can sit here and I can beat myself up. What I didn't do when she was alive, or I could get out there and try and help someone,
2: so that this doesn't
1: happen to anyone else again. What What um, college were you at? University of Missouri.
2: And did she go to college with you, or she she was a high school friend?
1: She's a friend from high school. Hmm.
2: And did you know uh, that that uh, did I cut your story off? By the way, did you want to continue on? Yeah. No. Did did you did she tell you? about her experience with sexual violence um
1: after it happened no i didn't know i knew she had had depression and i'd known that like when i knew her in high school um which i think was the part that was really hard for me is that like i didn't reach out to her and i knew that she was struggling hmm. um but i to me it was like i'm i'm so selfish like i was just caught up in my first few weeks of college like I'm joining a sorority. I'm out here partying. and My friend's suffering. Like, wh- how could I have let that happen? And like, my conscious mind is like, but I didn't know. I didn't know. She mm-hmm. didn't tell me. There's mm-hmm. no way that I could have known something was going on. Um, I could have, if I reached out to her, but I didn't. And like, I can just sit here and like, mope about it and be sad about it. And like, yes, I'm sad that she's not here. And I do still experience guilt about it, but, um, There was no way for me to know. She was a different suicide is just a completely different animal.
0: I mean, it's not an act of people say it's an act of selfishness. It's an act of desperation. It's a, mm-hmm. just a terrible, terrible thing to go through, and I, I can totally relate to you because everything you've been saying is how I felt too. And you, you get, you go do, through all these different stages of feeling anger or sadness or, like l- yesterday all day. I swear to God, I was all day long thinking about my friend that passed away. And then I was telling Cam earlier that the, all of a sudden it was bizarre. Last night, in the middle of the night, the lights went on, the power went off, the alarm went on. I swear she was trying to communicate with me. But having a friend that it's especially a very, very close friend. And and for us to feel like we're very communicative, open people to not be able to have seen the writing on the wall ahead of time and not to yeah. get you have any any warning that this could happen is so it's so frustrating. Yeah. It's so it's so, and it's so hard
1: to not internalize yeah. it too. It's like right. and, take and I can look back at it in hindsight and be like. I probably shouldn't have reacted that way, like because I I was thinking, oh, it was a reflection on me. Like yeah. I wasn't worth her staying. Like I wasn't as good enough right, of a person right. as I could right. have been. But that's obviously not the situation no. that it was. No, no, there was no. External influence, aka the sexual assault that happened, that led her yeah. to take her life. And that was a decision that that she made in that moment. Um, and she made that decision, and nothing I could have done would have stopped that because that was a decision that she made. Um, but yeah, like, again, channeling that into good stuff. And like, I also attribute like, you know, her passing as part of the reason why I travel so much now and like looking for beauty and like,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Everything. Um, and trying to live a life for me and a life for her. Um,
0: me, too. me
2: too. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of what you you've told me in the past, ma'am. You get seem- to
0: start to cry. It's, it's very upsetting. Yeah. Very upsetting. Okay, so let's hear what what you did then to channel the positivity, <laughs> and the, the good stuff.
1: Yeah, so I, I- you're making me feel like, oh man, I should be doing a lot more. <laughs> no, you're doing really good things for people. You're doing awesome stuff. Um. So yeah, I was a sophomore, and I was like, I'm sick of this. Like moping around, getting drunk. Like my life has more meaning than that so i um applied to be an educator at this relationship sexual violence prevention center um i got it and i went through 60 hours of training on like all sorts of topics relating to sexual violence from like um sexual violence occurring on people that are uh, disabled uh sexual violence in the military um you know male-on-male sexual violence masculinity pornography like all the all wide variety of topics relating to sex and sexual violence um and then yeah i kind of got out there in the world i spoke at some conferences i did some educating peer educating to like different groups on campus fraternities um classes um different groups um and then yeah i moved to london and um continuing my passion for women's rights in kind of a different direction um but still hoping to make a difference in some way,
2: how do you think is the best way to prevent uh, sexual violence from occurring
1: uh, it's 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 difficult because it's such a systematic thing um, because people aren't men aren't raping and, and women aren't raping because they're being told that it's cool or fun or like the awesome new sweet thing to do um, but because there's a general world culture surrounding it. So like um, starting with education young, um, teaching kids about what healthy relationships look like, um, that's something that's not nearly talked about enough. Mm. Um, And I can speak from my own experience and say that I did not have like adequate sexual education whatsoever. Um, Oh yeah. What was
0: your sexual education?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I went to Catholic school and I had abstinence-only education, which meant um, sitting in a room with a priest. And oh. uh, I remember I, every every abstinence class, we had to shout "I love Jesus" as <laughs> loud as we could. Oh my God.
2: No way! Wow, that's
1: not to forget, make you less and if didn't and you shout so us, We had to do it again,
0: and <laughs> then. <laughs> do you know that that's actually a fetish? By the way.
2: I, I love like, Jesus.
0: I was <laughs> reading about fetishes, and some some people like to have sex <laughs> around religious objects. It's it's a thing.
2: So maybe they well,
0: inadvertently, they, they were thrilling uh, they uh, Jesus. This, <laughs> <a> Jesus fetish.
1: <laughs> yeah, we had to. I remember this. I will remember this till the day I die. The priest. We were doing like something on like um, sexual themes in like pop music. And the priest read all of the lyrics to Yeah by Usher. What? <laughs> like, read them. It's still a joke between me and my friends today. Every time Yeah is on the radio or at a party, we, like, send a video of us, like, That's speaking portraits. <laughs> 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 so what was he trying to accomplish? To tell you how bad? No, I don't remember the, like, lecture that accompanied it. I just remember him being like, yeah, yeah, shorty got down. <laughs> <laughs> And unbelievable because Usher is one of the most sexy performers out
0: there, so he picked the wrong one.
1: To- Here to- we are listening to Father Don read the lyrics out loud. I can <laughs> die more. No, I don't know how they think this works.
0: I remember at my music class, but and that was back in the like, 70s or 60s. They wouldn't let us play Cecilia, Making Love in the Afternoon with Cecilia by Paul Simon and Garfunkel.
1: I mean, it's like that's what they wouldn't let us hear. Like, that's gonna make us. We did, did like a lip sync. We did, like, a lip sync competition every year when I was in junior high, and they, like, eliminated all of the songs because they weren't, a, weren't like, church appropriate. Like, you had to do, like, Lord of the Dance or something to, like, <laughs> accept it. Because like, it'd be, like, oh, like, ABC by the Jackson 5. They'd be, like, sexual themes. No. Oh, my.
2: Did you, when you were going through it, did you realize that this was bonkers? Or did you?
1: I think subconsciously. I think
0: I did. How do we uh, possibly think that that was co- going to cause anyone to not want to have sex more? I mean, I mean yeah. I mean, you're, you're, that's the way I raised my kids, the opposite of what everybody else did it, where everybody else said, don't eat candy, don't have soda, don't
1: have video games. I'm like, eat as much candy as you want. And then you don't want it. it. Okay? It's like. It, there's nothing in the world that has ever proven the absence that only education is uh, is effective at all. Like it's not, if anything, it is like equipping people like my sister. So my sister's 13. She's um, in eighth grade at the Catholic school I went to. And at least I had abstinence only education. They took out everything. She doesn't even have anything. And she's starting high school next year at GBN where we went.
2: Holy shit.
1: That is so scary to me. I don't even understand what you're talking about. What do you mean they took out everything? What is it? What do they take out? The only abstinence, only education that there was like the minimal little bit that there was where I at least knew that like sex existed. Like that was all I knew pretty much and that it was bad and that I signed a pledge not to do it even though I didn't know what that meant.
2: Oh my god.
1: (laughs) They don't even have anything anymore and so my parents are like Alyssa, like next time you come home, like talk to your sister. <laughs> and
0: hey, here's a funny
1: thing: like, why aren't they talking to your sister? They are. They're, they're trying, banana. and they've done a lot more than they did with me. I think. Um, nice. But still, like, it, it's my parents aren't like as open as you are, where they could be like, "Here's a banana. Here's a condom. Like, there you go." They're pretty conservative. <laughs> they're they're pretty conservative. Um, So they'll, like, my sister's had a boyfriend for nine months, which is, like, terrifying because I didn't even have a boyfriend for nine months until I was, like, 22 and I'm 23 now.
2: So I have have yet (laughs) to have a girlfriend for nine months.
1: (laughs) It's crazy. But, yeah, so my parents are a little bit, like, with her. Like, you know, when you sit on his lap, you know what he's thinking. He's like, he's not. Oh, wow. But... It, it's scary because she's going to go to a public school where there's 2,000 people and half of them are going to be having sex and she's not even going to know what sex is or what sex wow. does or how to do it appropriately.
2: That is oh. so wild. Yeah. It, it's, um, it's also crazy that we went to middle schools and elementary schools that were like within 10 minute drive of each other. And I feel yeah. like at, at mine, there was like an extensive uh, education. Yeah. I mean, it was that very was- clinical. But it was, I mean, I, I remember learning about oh, erections and, you know.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, the parents had to come too for a parent session to teach, you know, to let us know
1: what the, the kids are going to be doing. It was like in seventh grade for you. Yeah. I don't even think I knew that a man had to ejaculate to, like, create a baby until I was a senior in high school.
0: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that is wild. It's
1: like, like I didn't know. It's just like I was so ill equipped to, like, take on the world. So, because, in, so in, obviously, if you,
0: I don't even know how to, if you could give some advice to, you know, schools, what would your advice be? Stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> what should they be doing? What kind of sex ed should they be giving?
1: Um, Sex positive, sex positive, for sure. You know, because pe- kids are going to have sex and people are going to have sex if they want to have sex. Like, that's just fact. Um, And if. You not necessarily are going, go out there and have sex with whoever you want to, but you know, sex is a good thing. Sex can be a great thing. And talking about what a healthy relationship looks like, what an unhealthy relationship looks like, how to have sex in a meaningful way, how to be open and have conversations with your, with your sex partner. Um, Dina Hartley would be very proud of you. Our porn star. My girl. (laughs) My girl, what ever happened to you and her, Cam?
2: Ah, she ghosted me. I texted her. She didn't respond. It's humiliating. Oh. After all, she that stress. That's my she go-to
0: could, move. She could be busy.
2: Or she could have seen the videos and be freaking out about this proposal. Sorry, I
0: gotta stay away from this kid because he's a lunatic. <laughs> But uh, anyway, uh, no, she would be very proud of everything you just said, because I, I agree with you. This is, like, ridiculous. I mean, I guess that's the reason, one of the reasons we do this podcast is to emphasize importance of being open about sex.
2: Well, yeah. show this to your sister, and she'll... Yeah, show
0: this yeah. to your sister. Actually, show her Kim's uh, masturbation uh, challenge, and she might never have sex ever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she'll be scared. Here you go. Here's some light listening for your... <laughs> Twenty-one day. So. <laughs> right. Talk
0: about guys too. What can what can we teach like college guys, especially or that age group of about their aggressiveness when it comes to drinking and sex
1: and, and things like that. Um, I think again, it starts from positive education. You know, teaching the guys to be respectful to women, and that even though we have this like innate hierarchy of men here, women here, or women as weaker and men as dominant, Um, you know, teaching them to respect women as a soul and a human being with feelings and a life. Mm. Um, And that um, being aggressive isn't going to make her want to have sex with you. Um, And being pushy and being forceful isn't going to make a change. It's only a catalyst for negative things.
0: And it's, um, it's very scary to be yeah, on the yeah. receiving end of any kind of, uh, that kind of aggression.
1: Yeah. And then also understanding like what consent looks like. Like we throw around this word like consent, consent, <coughs> consent, or, but like understanding exactly what it is and what it means and that it is um, an enthusiastic yes and not the absence of a no. Oh, so, good,
0: good one. Yeah.
1: Not the absence know, of a no. That's good. Just playing on someone's body language is not enough. Like you may be in a relationship or have been hooking up with someone and it doesn't need to be like, yes, or like, can I do this? Yes. If you're in a relationship and you're you're seeing someone and it's a regular thing, then you can kind of vibe off of each other, and then um it can become an unspoken language between you. Um if it's a first time or a new kind of a scenario, um, it needs to be a spoken yes. Not like a mm, maybe uh I'm too tired, I don't know, uh because that's not a yes. That's not an enthusiastic consenting yes. Like, what you want is like, I'm into this. You're into this. Let's get down.
2: Um, what, what I do in this situation, uh, <laughs> I don't usually say, uh, well, actually, I, I've said, do you want to have sex? But other otherwise, I say, should I get a condom? Which is a, a yeah, very passive true. way of saying, should we, should we have sex? Because uh, there's <laughs> only one use for time a time condom. It. So... <laughs>
1: That's true. Well, people can use them for. for oh, I get, You're right. Yeah. You're
2: right. You're right. But, but so maybe I yeah. should say, should I get a condom? And can we use it for sexual intercourse? <laughs> That's such a turn off to hear you fellation. say it, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I also. <laughs> wanna... I, I'm surprised you don't have them sign a written contract.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I want to. I want to also acknowledge that this discussion. Uh, it. it, it we focused a lot on how to educate men, how to how men can change their ways. Um and there are a lot of guys out there that are very respectful of women and yeah, for sure. who so I just wanna make make speak for the guy. Yeah, the, it's they're not all hundred percent bad. Uh, oh,
1: for sure. It's no, no, not bad it.
2: It. All right. So yep. but for sure. The, no, no, I, I just felt like we need sure. to acknowledge that a little bit. Uh hundred yeah,
0: percent. No, no, I, I, if anything, you know, that whole the, the thing that makes it a little blurry, I think, is the Fifty Shades of Grey, the, you know, that that excitement that a lot of uh, women like that, you know, the, the being taken kind of thing, you know, and that's when it gets a little blurry because guys are like, oh, but you like it. You you know, I could tell that you like it, even though you're saying no, no, no.
1: Mm. And
0: sometimes I've, I've been known to do that kind of shit, too, especially when I was in high school. I remember sitting on my boyfriend's lap and I'm like, do you want to have sex? And he's like, "Yeah," and I go, "Well, I'm not ready yet."
1: So um, <laughs> I, I just think well, it has works. to be the woman too. The woman also has to ask for, you know, "Is this okay? Mm. Can't you do this?" Oh yeah. Is this okay with you? It can't be a one way street um, because then you get the opposite situation happening, and then mm-hmm. it's woman on man. Um, it needs to be a both party situation where the consent is happening between two parties. You know, not just the man saying, "Do you want to do this?" But the woman saying yes and yeah. the man saying oh, this is what i'm comfortable doing yeah yeah it's you know, a mature thing it, you know it, sex is a mature thing you know you could
0: potentially get in a lot of trouble you could have babies you got a lot of diseases and all the other shit so you make sure that you're having sex for the right reasons and when you want to have sex the other thing is alcohol i mean like back to Derek pierce porn star again uh he said he doesn't have sex with women that are you know drunk he won't do it he doesn't want to get involved with it and i think that that's something that a lot of Guys should hear. It's not fun to have sex with someone who's blithering drunk anyway. It's yeah, really I mad. feel
2: very similarly about that as well. That if if the if she's showing tons of signs, I'm like, where are you? If you're you're you have to be so belligerently drunk that, or you have to be so drunk that you have to have sex with me, this is not a good sign <laughs> for anyone. Even,
1: I mean, if it's meant wanna... to be, pass your number and go. Call me when you're sober. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. totally. Yeah, but yeah, it's like. Like, guys aren't just the problem. Like, the the masculinity and stuff is for sure enforced by women. And women are also a part of the problem. And both parties are a part of the solution.
2: So... Hmm. Uh, the other topic I wanted to talk about was... Um, it seems like a common issue that um, people don't feel comfortable sharing their experiences after right. they've been violated. Or if they've violated someone. Um, and yeah, I, I feel right. like both... She, everyone would would benefit from openness for, on both sides of that experience.
0: Right. Like even if you take that experience that I shared with you earlier in this conversation about when that guy grabbed my vagina on a bus, uh, I was comfortable enough to tell my parents, but I was still like, I think I, I didn't tell him exactly what happened. I think I like held it in. I, I said, someone grabbed me and then my dad's like, where? And I wouldn't even tell him. That's how embarrassed I was. Um, so we really, really want to open up, I think, make sure that women if they are victims like that tell someone immediately don't hold it in don't feel shame don't think it's your fault you know that's it's
1: got to be told it's got to be brought up yeah i think i think like the most important thing if you have been um violated there are tons and tons of resources out there that aren't necessarily um as public. Um, there's like the rape abuse and uh, incest national network, and you can call their hotline 24 hours a day. Um, and there's always someone on hand who can like identify the risk. Um, there's a million options. You can go to the hospital and you can get a rape kit done. Um, so they'll like swab your vagina and test it for, um, semen or external DNA. Um, and, what I would recommend to um, someone who's been a survivor of rape, I don't want to say do it because everyone has their own process and their way of doing things, is that to go get a rape kit done, um, it's going to be hard and it's going to be extremely painful, but you only have a short amount of time that you can do a rape kit. I want It's either 48 or 72 hours, I think, but I'm not 100% confident on that. Um, to get the rape kit done where the DNA is still there. Um, you don't have to do anything with it. You're under no obligation to take it to court or to press charges or anything, but at least the option is there if that's sometime five years down the line you decide that you want to press charges. Mm. Um, and it may yeah, give yeah, you peace yeah, of mind knowing that that's a backup option. Um, but I think there's there's no how-to guide for how to handle it because every every woman and every man whose experiences is their own individual and they handle things um, their own way. So you can go to the police, you can use one of the resources, you can never tell anyone, you can, you know, you can go do the rape kit. Um, you can go get psychological and emotional counseling. Um, there's, t- you can talk to a lawyer, there's tons and tons and tons of options out there. Um, I think if someone comes to you and tells you that they've been violated, um, listen, listen to him or her, believe him or her. Don't say, what were you wearing? How much did you drink? Um, what Are you sure? Were you too drunk? Do you remember it? You're more likely to, statistically, to successfully fake your own death than you are to lie about being raped. Hmm. Wow. So this whole, like, you know, you hear these things with, like, athletes raping people and people being like, she just wants money and stuff. To put yourself through a scenario where you have to fake a story, go to court, spend a lot of your time and energy on a lawyer, resources, you're not really likely to lie about it. Like statistically, no. So listen to her, believe her, um, tell her that she doesn't have to, if you're going to ask her questions that she, I say she, but she or he, um, can give you whatever she or he feels comfortable with. Um, and tell her what her resources are, um, You know, help her find the options online of the like um, the local the local center, um, you know, a hotline, the police, any anything like that. Um, I think that's the the most important thing is to just be like a just an an ear Um, because you may be the only person that she tells ever. Um, So just be that kind of rock for her, I guess.
2: It's great advice. And and I would say, yeah, uh, f- I've been thinking about that question about for f- what do you recommend for college guys? Um, I, and I think in in college, if I were to hear this podcast, I would say, yeah, I know all this. Like, I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm not the one you should be talking to. However, nah. I no one I, identifies I, with the rapist, right? Uh, I also think that I'm less. I, I okay, either way, I I doubt that I w- is am gonna. Exp- try to rape someone but i I think it's i think it would be important for me to hear this in college and and realize this is something that my friends that are women especially go through and it is not only it's not it's not just like to be aware of it but also to uh it should affect my behavior at party i should try to become more observant of how women are being treated and what my role is in that s- scenario. Cause just by watching you're, you're participating in some way. Yeah, if, you have
0: a, if you have a roommate that you know is going to take advantage of some drunk girl,
1: you should think twice.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's another one.
1: And just by like, I know, like, a lot of guys feel the same way you do, like, this doesn't apply to me, it's the other guy and stuff. But I feel like a lot of times where the lines are blurred is the the definition of consent, like going back, like, because you may think like, oh, she wanted it, like she for sure wanted it. But, you know, when there's drinking involved, or whether or not there's drinking involved, and, you know, she or you are not 100%, but it happens anyway. And then the way she interprets it is that she didn't want it. And then Mm. it's, you know, rape in her head so mm-hmm. a lot of it's as black and white as like you raped her or you didn't rape her like it's um a lot of the times that um almost interpretation because you see a lot of times like a woman will come forward and say oh, i've been raped and the guy will say no it was consensual um and i genuinely think like a lot of the time that's what it was a miscommunication between the right, two parties. right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and so one interprets it as, as being sexually violated and the other doesn't necessarily think of it like that way. Um, so I think, yeah, cause I, I know a lot of guys like feel the way you do, like, I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. And I believe that you're, you know, most of you guys aren't, aren't that guy, but yeah, it's like that. You're right. Yeah. Could easily become that guy. If there's a tiny bit of miscommunication involved, which doesn't make you a bad person or a, uh, you know totally well, especially
0: especially if you don't know the person that well if it's like a one-night stand or you just met the person if i'd say err on the side of question yeah if you're not yeah. sure don't do it just don't do it it's not worth it because even if it is consensual or whatever and there's a chance that you're with some psycho crazy girl that's gonna later on accuse you you don't want to be in that hot mess it can ruin your college career it can ruin your life so and you're better off just saying let's wait till next time
2: mm-hmm.
0: i'll go home and whack off him do the <laughs> masturbation oh, challenge, challenge. <laughs> okay. I better think to
1: do with my right now <laughs> All wow right. we got
0: some freaking heavy duty stuff here yes thank
2: you so much Alyssa yeah. our final question right. have you okay. ha, ha, have you walked in on a parent or have they walked in on you
1: thank god no <laughs> As far as I'm concerned, my parents have only had sex three times, and that's to conceive me, my brother, and my sister. So, (laughs) uh,
2: Follow-up question. Have you walked in on Father Don? Uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, but I mean, I guess if I tell the story, his name is Father Joe, but I think he used to date and sleep with a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. He told us in abstinence class. (laughs) So this is why he has the authority to tell kids not to have sex, because, uh, yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Because he
0: knows. So confused. I, maybe because I'm Jewish, but I thought priests aren't supposed to have sex with anybody, let alone cheerleaders.
1: This is the pre-priest. Oh, pre-priest. Okay. Priest- yeah, priest. he was. He had a life before priesthood, I think. And
2: uh, he went yeah, to so, he went to the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders and then decided to become a priest.
1: Yeah, I mean that is there's so maybe surprised. when they when they broke up, he's like, I'm never gonna get better than that. So <laughs> yeah, he yeah. just- I was thinking, reached the
0: pinnacle really early. He peaked, and he said, might as well go into the priesthood now. I
1: <laughs> like when you peak in high school and then you go back down <laughs>
2: well listen wow. thank you so much really? is it is there anything you wanted to plug
1: um yeah i could plug my travel blog can i plug my travel blog hell yeah okay uh so it's called the wander list you can follow my journeys as i check off uh items from my bucket list i just um went to my last country in europe i've been to every country in Europe now so you can follow me as I take on my next uh, continent or adventure so whatever that is my website so boring (laughs) (laughs) come on over come visit I will you said you wanted to travel Cam if you're ever in London yeah
0: Yeah, just be careful what you wish for and we'll be at your doorstep tomorrow (laughs) I'll be that guy (laughs) Uh,
2: uh, yeah on my website sorry go ahead what is your website that was my question
1: it's um, thewanderlistblog.com. So it's like W-A-N-D-E-R-L-I-S-T blog.com. And my Instagram is at thewanderlistblog. And that's probably the best way to find me or Facebook,
2: thewanderlist. Cool. I'll um, be following along. You,
1: yeah. I think you're going to get a lot of people
0: that are really proud of you for being so knowledgeable and gutsy on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you you do a lot and I you really touched me. So thank you very much, Alyssa. Oh
1: thanks thanks yeah. you guys for having me this is awesome and I never thought that this would ever be a thing but this is so cool this is great <laughs> thank you I feel like you guys are my friends now I always thought you were my friends before but
0: you didn't know me so no, we're definitely we are. A lifelong friends now I, I have to say one thing to you since you're in London cheers
1: <laughs> hey cheers <laughs> I, have cider here. I had a spinner before we met because I was nervous you were nervous
2: <laughs> you nailed it All right, talk to you guys later bye
1: bye, bye.
0: Well that was our interview with Alyssa. I hope it didn't disappoint. <laughs> it I'm sure it did not.
2: She she's quite brilliant and I'm so happy. And she's she's funny. She's funny. She took a, a dark matter and we had a few chuckles.
0: We had a few chuckles and we also uh learned a lot and I think uh this was a much needed uh discussion. Yes. I got very moved by the whole thing, as you could tell. I was uh, very emotional during parts of it. It little brought some tears to my eyes.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was intense,
0: especially when you start talking about subjects like suicide and and uh, stories. But uh, I didn't realize that I had been sexually molested. And isn't
2: and, that interesting? Yeah. Until you know, I
0: really thought about it, I was. And I, I my reaction too was not to tell a. My parents, actually, what happened? I just, I thought I did, but apparently I remember now that I was like, I would not tell them exactly what happened. I was too embarrassed. Like, it was my fault.
2: Yeah. That's wild. Shit. Some repression there.
0: I've repressed it until now, and I feel like a, it's a relief. It was like a pimple bursting.
2: See? You, you, tell, you tell people about your stories, and you'll feel relief.
0: Yes. Speaking of relief, I hope that everyone tunes in, because I think what we've decided now is that, on a daily basis, we're going to be discussing uh, the masturbation challenge for the next 21 days and where we're at. First. Yes.
2: Yes. Yeah. You're on board. I'm on board. And we'd like you to be on board. So. I mean, if you feel like it's appropriate for you, this is no, for men and women. No,
0: even if you don't, just weigh in on our forum because we'd like to have- Oh, yeah.
2: You don't need to necessarily um, hold off on ejaculating or, or participate <laughs> in the challenge. You could, just, you could just give us your two cents. It would make me feel less um, alone in the world
0: so yeah we'd like you to go to the forum which is on our website at www.sextalkwithmymom.com did that get too? Out.
2: Did it get too sad when I made that alone in the world comment
0: you're not alone you're never alone
2: Aww.
0: all your podcast listeners
2: <laughs> alright so. uh, thank you guys very much for listening again check out Alyssa's blog she's an awesome travel writer check it out at www.thewanderlistblog.com.
0: She's been to every country in Europe. Can you believe
2: that? I'm going to definitely read her blog. Oh, these pictures are so ridiculous. Check it out. Okay.
0: All right. I'm, I'm on it. All right. So for all of you who are also on our podcast right now, go to our iTunes page and press that button that says subscribe, please. And then write a little review about it because we could really use some input there. You know, the more reviews we get, the higher ranking we get, and the more publicity. And then it's just, it's boundless what could happen to this podcast. True that, ma'am. All right. Well, you know, we all love you. All right.
2: Love you. Love you too. Bye.